Hello and welcome to the Cloud Tweaks podcast. I'm your host, Steve Prentice. CloudTweaks.com provides cloud-based digital consulting services and maps the road for startups and businesses that want to implement a feasible model for success. Our podcast regularly looks at trends and innovations in the industries of cloud, cloud security, the Internet of Things, e-commerce, and much more. On this episode, some comments about e-commerce, retail, and the blockchain. And we have a feature interview with Troy Cox from Big Commerce about the sophistication of content management in today's mobile age. And I guarantee you, this interview will make you want to go out for ice cream afterwards. But first, retail. As we all know, the retail consumer marketplace is becoming increasingly sophisticated. Most consumers now turn to their phone, not their desktop computer, as their primary device for learning exactly what is going on. They use it to search for items, check the availability of an item in a favorite store, and get directions to that store. That is, if they decide to go to the store at all. If they do, they might choose to pay for the item online and pick it up in the store, or they might go all the way there, have a look at the item, touch it, feel it, get a real sense of it, and then order it directly off Amazon. Quite naturally, retailers don't like that. It's called showrooming, and it turns any brick-and-mortar store into an unwilling and unwitting showroom for its online competitors. These actions put enormous pressure on brick-and-mortar retailers to ensure that each customer receives a unique experience that cannot be matched by shopping online, and most importantly compels the customer to return again and again. So far, though, retailers have been slow to pick up on this. Whether this is because of a disconnect within the management level of retail stores, or the confusion over which choices to make when technologies change so fast, most are still standing too far down the field to receive this particular football and run with it. One of the primary areas that they must absolutely get right is stock availability. When a customer arrives in the store, quoting the store's own website that states there are four of a particular item in stock, there had better be four. At least. And the sales associates had better know where those items are. But currently, this is not happening with any great efficiency. The nature of current retail systems is they still adhere to a siloed model in which real-time product information is still not available or not available in the crucial theater of the store itself. Products must be able to be tracked to the inch, and that includes items like clothing that has been taken from the shelves by browsing shoppers but has not yet been restocked. Sales associates, too, need to be tuned in to every piece of information that is going to make a customer's experience pleasant and memorable, from the customer's own shopping history and preferences through to that same real-time product availability information downloaded directly to the sales associate's phone or tablet. Fortunately, there's a technology just around the corner that can help with this very problem. It may serve to save the brick-and-mortar industry from being eaten by its own online cousins. This episode is being brought to you by BigCommerce, the world's best e-commerce platform for growing brands. BigCommerce is the e-commerce solution that helps growing brands grow even faster, at 28% year-over-year on average, nearly twice as fast as the industry standard. By using BigCommerce, each company has access to a wide selection of stunning storefront design templates, market-leading selling tools to attract new customers, and enterprise-grade site hosting to ensure their websites are always available. To learn more, visit BigCommerce.com. Now back to the retail challenge. How to keep track of all of those SKUs in real time to keep the customers coming in and getting the experience they expect. 
The answer may lie in the blockchain. Blockchain technology promises to have enormous impact on a great many areas of business, including the retail supply chain. In essence, a blockchain is a ledger of transactions. For example, I hand a widget over to you in exchange for $20. The transaction is recorded with a unique 16-digit number and is placed on a block or a collection of other transactions to be processed by a network of individual computers located around the world, each of whom must work to confirm the transaction happened. All of the computers involved must be in 100% agreement for the transaction to proceed. The details of that transaction are then saved inside that recorded block of transactions forever. So far that sounds like any other type of record-keeping system, but what makes the blockchain unique is its immutability. Each block of transactions contains within it some deep mathematical connections to the block that preceded it. To use a very simple example, think of Lego blocks, in which the protruding pegs of one Lego block nestle inside the underside of the next block. It's like that, except once the blocks are conjoined in this way, they can never be taken apart. This interlinking of blocks is supposed to make fraud impossible, meaning that cargo manifests, transaction details, or the ingredients that went into a particular product cannot be retroactively modified. This in turn is supposed to make all the elements of every transaction transparent, reliable, trackable, and immutable. No matter whether it is the certification of ethically grown coffee or the purchase of a house, anything that involves a transaction will benefit from the enhanced security and reliability of being recorded on the blockchain, and with it should come enhanced consumer confidence. So what does this have to do with the retail floor? Well, not only are blockchain transactions secure, they are also versatile enough to be used for even the smallest of transactions. For example, a cattle farmer could correspond the barcode on every cow and every application of medicine and food, thus ensuring a thorough and auditable history of each cow's intake over its life. RFID tags and other portable tracking devices talk to the blockchain and contribute their status to the transaction ledger. To use a larger example, a shipping container traveling from one side of the planet to the other may have to pass through 30 or more checkpoints before the goods inside get to their destination. If paperwork gets lost along the way, your shipment of avocados might rot before they get to the store shelves. That is why Walmart and IBM have partnered up to do some pioneering proof-of-concept studies on how blockchain further enables the supply chain. So from a retail perspective, the availability of next-generation RFID tags, cloud access, and blockchain registry, a store could keep track of the physical movements of inventory within the store itself and broadcast that out to their mobile website in almost real time. These are the types of real things that blockchain stands to be able to deliver in a manner that may prove to be more effective than current inventory management and ERP systems. So, blockchain technology might do great things for the movement of goods to the stores and inside the stores, but what else can businesses do to keep that hopper full? What more can businesses do to attract the attention and the loyalty of customers in an age of such mobile sophistication? To get the answer, we talked to Troy Cox, Senior Director of Product for Big Commerce, by phone from San Francisco. With clients like Toyota, Martha Stewart and Camelback, Big Commerce is the engine that drives their e-commerce solutions. So I'm speaking today with Troy Cox, who is the Senior Director of Product Management at Big Commerce. Welcome, Troy. Hi, Steve. It's great to be here. Thank you. So 
you are an expert in SEO, and I'd love to hear more about what you are doing and what your thoughts are in this uh, very fast-changing time. Yeah, it's a great topic, right? It's, SEO is critical to the success of every retailer. Um, and it's, it's actually quite a broad and deep topic, something we could probably talk hours about. But if I had to just sort of boil it all down, the way I like to think about SEO is it's, I like to say it's part art, part science. You know, on the science part, there's all these things that your website has to do at sort of a technical level to not only make sure that Google can find your site and index it, but that it can do it in an optimal way. So let me give you some examples. Um, you've got to have, make sure you have the right sitemap.xml. You've got to make sure your pages load really fast because Google prefers faster pages over slower pages. Um, these days, Google prefers that you serve your pages securely over HTTPS, and so that's important. Um, you need to make sure your pages are mobile responsive because Google's now prioritizing that. And there's all these technical things that you need to make sure you get right, and so that's the science part. And ideally, as a retailer, you shouldn't have to or need to think about those things. You should depend on your platform to take care of those um, so that you can get on with your business of selling. And certainly at Big Commerce, uh, where I work, um, we spend a lot of time and investment in making sure that we're up to date with the latest best practices from Google and other search engines, and so we kind of take care of that for you. Um, but the other side of that is part art, right, which is where the retailer comes in. You know, when I you know, look across all of the merchants on our platform, and we have tens of thousands of merchants now, and I look at the thing that's common among the most successful merchants, they all have this one thing that uh, is common, and that's that they all have uh, amazing and engaging content. And, you know, for years people have said that when it comes to SEO, content is king, and they are absolutely right about that. But it's much more than that these days. You know, for years, people spent time optimizing keywords because that's how Google matched content to what you were putting into your, uh, you and I were putting into the, into the browser when we searched on Google. But Google these days, and, and when I say Google, I kind of mean an all search engines, are super sophisticated and advanced now in actually determining the true topic of your content. They can get behind the meaning in sort of a natural language sort of way of what your content is about. And on the other side, they are super amazing at understanding the intent behind what we users search on Google. So when I type in something like Italian restaurants near me, Google looks beyond just those four keywords and actually understands the intent of what I'm asking. And it's this matching of what I'm, the intent of what I'm typing in and the true topic of the content on the internet that creates relevance. And so as a retailer, it's all about maximizing the relevance of my content. So it's, it's not just about keywords anymore and creating lots of content with keywords. It's about having this content, which is what I'll call topically relevant to your brand, to your products, to your industry, to your vertical. And so let me give you an example. Um, we have a merchant on our platform. Uh, their name is Jenny's Ice Cream. And they are incredibly successful on the platform, and in large part, they are successful by the level and type of content they create. And let me give you some examples. You know, they, they specialize in natural kind of homemade preservative-free ice cream, and so they have lots of content that um, for each of their flavors, 
They've got very specific content to talk about how the materials for those flavors are sourced from around the world. They have content that talks about how it's made. They have content that talks about the people who make it. They um, talk about how it's paired with other flavors, how it's paired with other dishes, different types of recipes. They get guest authors. In all of this content, not only brings their product and brand to life when visitors arrive there, which of course keeps them engaged and on the site and likely to buy, but it's this content which creates relevance for them when Google indexes their content. And because like I say, they understand the true topic of what it is. And so effectively what's happened is, is Jenny's ice cream has, through topically relevant content, has become an authority and a, a thought leader on natural ice cream. And all of this drives not only engagement, but um, backlinks to her content. And this is what drives relevant and has made her and many other merchants on our platform successful. So it's this combination of the science part, having all the right technical bits that work and are optimized for Google, as well as this rich, topically relevant content. And it's this combination that is the winning formula for SEO. So when you say content, uh, you know, are you talking specifically about blogs? What constitutes content when you're making this part of your strategy? Yeah, this is a really good question because it's not about pages of words on a blog. It's about, you know, I'll call it engaging content. So it's, it's more than just the blog. Yes, blog is part of it, um, but it's the way it's presented. It's the, the images and the video that make it engaging, that drive people to create the backlinks. It's featured content pages, might be outside the blog. It's content on your product description pages. Um, typically, you'll feature brands and categories, and so you'll have content there. Like Jenny's might have an organic range, and so on, that, on the page that features that range, she'll have content that talks about you know, being organic. So it's also social content, right? On Facebook, uh, Pinterest, Twitter, and others all contribute to this um, content uh, ecosphere, if you will, for your brand. The other thing that comes to my mind is the sort of the instantly expand the playing field proportionally so that the one could stay equally lost in a larger playing field even with this great content. You're exactly right. It's getting harder and harder to stand out, and this is why it's so important to identify your point of uniqueness, your point of difference, and that's why I kind of zoomed in on that topically relevant. Um, and the way, as a retailer, the way you identify, if you don't already know what that is, right, you've You've got to speak to your customers, listen to what they're saying in the forums. You know, you've got to identify what that point of uniqueness is and tap into it and do it in a way that pulls at the heartstrings of the person who's reading it. So tap into the dreams, the fears, the emotions, the hopes. It's this combination of the narrative you're telling, the way you're telling it, the images, the video, the conciseness of it. Lots of long content isn't great. That's how you kind of stand out from the crowd and make it as specific and relevant to your brand and products as possible. That's how you stand out. I imagine it's also very important that the executive, whether it's a one-person business or you know a hundred or a thousand-person business, the executive management uh, level must be involved somehow in driving this kind of image and feeling and just being aware of your customers in the way that you just described. Do you have advice to an organization to, you know, either say, get on board with us or uh, leave it to us and we'll take care of it, which is the better route for them to take? 
I mean, the executives certainly have a significant role to play, but telling your brand and your product story and bringing that to life is everyone in the company. Using Jenny's as an example, you'll see that they actually tell the story of all the people that work there and all the people that work there contribute to this narrative, to this story. So it's certainly that is driven in large part by the leadership of the company, but ultimately this is the brand is something that is echoed by everyone in the company, if that makes sense. Troy Cox, Senior Director of Product for Big Commerce. You can find out more by visiting their website at bigcommerce.com. The innovations that Big Commerce brings to the e-commerce arena are a far cry from the more intrusive and persistent attempts that companies made to get our attention in years past. As our roving reporter Jeremy Daniel reports, these old-school approaches are still around and they are neither effective nor welcome. Here he is with his outsider's perspective. About six months ago, I was working on a story about cloud security, and I happened to visit a particular company's website and then their Facebook page for research purposes. I must have spent a good 15 minutes there, then moved on. But the company? They never did. All this time later, and I still see ads for their services every single day. On my browser, in YouTube videos, in my Facebook feed, and sometimes, it seems, in my sleep. Of course, by signing up for a service like Facebook, I've given permission for my browsing data to be sold and used by companies in whatever ways they see fit. Yet, since the US Congress voted to repeal the FCC's broadband privacy protections due to come into force later this year, those permissions that I gave to use my data would no longer be necessary. As you probably are keenly aware, your browsing data contains an absolute treasure trove of information about who you are, what you like, where you go, and what you do. This information is valuable, particularly to advertisers looking to offer you just the right products at just the right time. In their minds, this is not sensitive personal data that should be protected. It's fair game. Of course, they don't have to sell your data, but they can, without your permission, when and if they want to. From the outside looking in, it seems to me that a whole new way of thinking and a new market will emerge out of this. Sure, some ISPs want to be advertising powerhouses, competing with Google and Facebook to deliver ads, but others don't. And some are going to start using this as a unique selling point, the fact that they don't sell your data. It's your choice. People will begin selecting browsers that match up to their ideas of how much privacy they want. Representative Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee agreed, stating that companies have a financial incentive to handle your personal data properly because to do otherwise would significantly impair their financial standing. Looking ahead a few years, and we'll shake our heads at the simplicity and the naivety of our early browsing habits. Personal online responsibility for your data will be a key concept that everyone discusses, much like they do now with simple concepts around sharing content. VPNs, Tor, and encryption are likely to be part of the everyday conversation, because knowledge is power and there are no regulations that can threaten the consumer who understands and is in control of exactly what they're doing. I'm Jeremy Daniel for the Cloud Tweaks podcast. This episode is brought to you by BigCommerce, the world's best e-commerce platform for growing brands. BigCommerce is the e-commerce solution that helps growing brands grow even faster. 
In fact, retailers on big commerce grow at 28% year over year on average, nearly twice as fast as the industry standard, and is used by tens of thousands of brands ranging from new startups, successful shark tank entrepreneurs, and brick and mortar retailers expanding online. By using Big Commerce, each of these companies has access to a wide selection of stunning storefront design templates, market-leading selling tools to attract new customers, and enterprise-grade site hosting to ensure their websites are always available. Also, since Big Commerce is the most feature-rich e-commerce solution available for small and mid-sized businesses, it provides the best ROI for your company. You'll get all the tools you need to create a store and grow your sales, including hundreds of advanced e-commerce features, the ability to sell on leading marketplaces like Amazon and eBay built in, unlimited storage and bandwidth, and much, much more, all with no transaction fees. For more, visit bigcommerce.com slash cloudtweaks. So that's it for this episode of the Cloud Tweaks podcast. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing through iTunes or SoundCloud, and you can also drop us a line at the same contact page at cloudtweaks.com, where you will also find all the social media links to follow us the way you like best. It's a fast-changing world out there, and above it all, there's the cloud. I'm Steve Prentice. Thanks for listening.